Hello and welcome to This Week at the Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Eric. And this week we have a uh, double header of uh, new releases coming to theaters. One, a uh, our third kind of big wide release uh, weekend of the year. Uh, we get kind of a space drama in ISS. And then we get a movie that's going wider that had a limited release to end 2023 and is actually gaining some traction in the Academy Award race. Those nominations will uh, come out on Tuesday. I'm sure Eric and I will have some thoughts about that when we get together next week, uh, as there's fewer interesting releases next week. But going to dive in tonight. The first one up on the docket is ISS, which stands for the International Space Station. Uh, you know, just a really in-depth deep and clever title for the film. Uh, the International Space Station is a... Uh, team effort between Russia and the United States. We co-staff this uh, space station up there. And this film begins, you know, with a couple of Americans who are making their way up there. One in Ariana Dubois, who's brand new to it, who's a scientist who's going up there for the first time. She's with John Gallagher Jr., who is a scientist that's that it's pretty clear early on has been there before and is kind of a veteran of there going back. They team with their other uh, you know, American counterpart played by Chris Messina and three Russians, two of whom will be probably very recognizable to TV audiences. One of them uh, was on The Americans and one of them a huge uh, baddie on Game of Thrones. Um, so you're going to recognize those guys. They're all, you know, they start out with the spirit of collegiality and friendship. Uh, and that's the first like 15 minutes. And then, you know, when they're looking out the window, they notice uh, something that looks like some kind of explosion on the ground or several explosions on the ground that might be a big bomb or a nuclear bomb. They start trying to frantically communicate. They get some uh, very brief messages before they lose all communication, each side getting a message that tells them they need to secure the station by any means necessary. And that sort of takes this group that starts out as a group of six friends and colleagues and pits them into two semi-warring factions and go. Uh, so very interesting premise and set up a very short film clocks in just about 90 minutes uh, so they don't waste a lot of time. Eric, how did this one work for you? Well, they should have wasted more time. I wanted more out of like everything in this movie. I, It's funny because this movie sometimes veered in directions I didn't expect it would go. You know, you, you have the premise, you have uh, the Russian space operatives, the American space operatives, and you have the suggestion that there's a war between these countries breaking out on Earth and that they may be commanded by their countries to take control and be pitted against one another after trying to leave politics out of it and functioning as this little space family. And that idea of the family unit could have been explored more, the idea of, of their paranoia for one another and them going back and forth could have been explored more. The way they played with the power dynamics with the people who are in charge and how one-sided things, thing, things seemed the sequences of tension of which there are like two or three in the movie, the memorable like moments, uh, like visual moments of which there are like two or three to me in the movie, like the, every, everything could have been wrung out a little more. And I have a feeling that maybe this was edited down for pacing and to kind of keep things moving to kind of get the most out of the thriller aspects of the story. 
But I, I wonder what was there more for the characters because outside of Polu Azbek, uh, Mr. Greyjoy, uh, who is a character who is like heavily implied in the beginning of the movie to be a standout villain who then goes in directions I, I didn't expect. Um, I thought he was phenomenal. I was really engaged in this. And there are thrillers like John Carpenter's The Thing that this sort of aspires to, the paranoia, the condensed bottle nature of everything. But I don't care about almost any other character. Like, Ariana DeBose, I think, was good at performing what she was performing, but outside of a little bit of exposition she drops to Chris Messina when he's outside of the space station, we don't really get to know her stake in the situation. There's just sort of an objective that is sort of government-directed objective in her path. And so she's sort of a good person would want to do good thing. Like, that's the depth of her character. And to have someone with, like, a little more... uh depth to him in uh the character's chris john gallagher jr like he he also is a character that goes in directions that you're not always sure where he's gonna go although i think the movie is it's kind of predictable i don't know it just <sighs> i just wish that they had dug into the concepts the their idea for the ending i would want more out of that i think there are more interesting things you can do than what they did and um i don't want to like spoil anything but just like i will say something i really appreciated was the mirror of the beginning and the ending the moment that it begins and the moment it ends are in it's a thoughtful thing and so i'm gonna, i'm gonna hesitantly give this a thumb up it is january i am very i i really gets under my skin when a movie shows it has potential and then wastes it but this was not bad there is a lot of like talent there's a lot of thoughtfulness in like when does the camera pretend to be floating in space with them versus locked down like there's 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 just enough that they really wanted to put together a 90 minute thrill ride for you to go on and enjoy it so yeah, one thumb yeah i'm also giving it uh one mild thumbs up i, I agree with you it wasn't bad but it wasn't good either um you know, I, I don't mind at the beginning, you know, you don't really mind the um, we're kind of trapped and we end up pitted against each other. In some ways, that idea sort of reminds me of Chris, Chris, Crimson Tide. Uh, in that case, you know, you're all on the same team, but it's this idea that you don't really know if there's a nuclear war happening. You know, you don't know what's happening. The communication got cut off and you're trying to decide a way forward. And there were elements of that here. You know, they both get the same message, Chris Messina and Costa Ronan, uh, who is the Russian commander. But I'm with you. They don't do quite enough to establish the um, relationships. Uh, the, the Russian uh, female played by Maria Mashkova, you know, you kind of get a few glimpses. There might be something going on with Christmas Cena's character. And then it becomes a little bit more clear. They're in a relationship. They didn't really do enough to define that and to explain why she might turn on 
you know, why she might choose him over a countryman. I saw one cast listing for this that suggested that Pillow Asbeck and Kostaronin's characters have the same last name. I know they call each other like brother, but I thought that that meant like in the Russian sense of, you know, we have a brothership. Are they supposed to be actual brothers? Because that I don't remember them ever touching I, on that. But I, I, what I, I, I got that hint, right? When she, spoiler alert, is incapacitated, I'll just say. He's like crying over her, and I remember them saying like brother, what? sister, and I'm like, wait, what the heck? Did they go through like the space program together? Like, what are they trying to say? I don't. Yeah, and it's on um, when you look it up. I think it's on Internet Movie Database is where I saw it. Uh, of course, they don't make it easy, but I don't remember them actually mentioning that, and that would have changed. To me, some of the decision making that you see Pillow Aspect's character do, if they're supposed to be actual brothers. But yeah, the listing here has Kostaronin as Nikolai Pulov and Pillow Aspect as Alexei Pulov. Yeah. Which to me, yeah. I'm like, does that, were they supposed to be like, you know, I know he says, you're my brother, but I thought, you know, in the context of where they're saying that, you can't, you know, especially a, a cultural, you know, military background like that. Just, I didn't ever take it to be literal brother. And then when I'm looking it up, I'm like, oh, is it supposed to be? And does that mean that he decided to actually like go against his literal brother and follow his conscience? You know, the, the twists and turns of the characters were fine, but you mentioned the ending. That was something that, that was a touch troubling to me. There are like three or four fade to blacks down the stretch, which I thought were, were going to be the ending. And if you're going to have an amorphous, we're not going to provide you any answers ending. I would have wanted something different than what they actually went to because we never actually get a resolution of what happened on the ground, what's the state of things on the ground, well, you know what is going on in the world which is fine if you're going to decide that this movie is detached from that but what but then you need like a I, i'm not one of those people that if we don't have a concrete resolution to everything i disregard a movie because if that's how you're going to be you kind of have to let a lot of movies go so i i'm okay that they decided this wasn't going to be fully resolved but the they went too weird in there not fully resolving it to then swinging back to me saying okay then i actually do need you to answer at least some question yeah you know, like if they've decided they're going back what are they going back to and then the now willfully just deciding that and i'm sorry if you haven't seen the movie <laughs> them willfully deciding we're gonna go back but we don't know where we're gonna land and we don't know what's happening and we're okay with that right what no, after all you that's the problem I have is it makes the highest likelihood is that they died because the suggestion is that the governments aren't, aren't necessarily organized enough. They're, they're in the middle of nuclear war. They're not going to be like, you know, Hmm, the pod, like, where did it land? Let's investigate it. And, and we're just going to leave like all of our dead friends up there. And yeah, I, you know, it's one thing when you get the, you know, part of the peril too, that comes up in the middle is the space station is sinking. And then when they can't get a hold of the ground, is it going to fall out of orbit and crash into the earth? And that almost might've been, didn't do anything. no offense, a more interesting ending uh, than, Hey, the ground finally responds, sees your emergency message, lifts you up, asks for a status report. And you just decide you're going to float back and, 
you know, hope you land in Tahiti. I, I mean, that was what I could take away from, from the ending. So, I mean, it's a mild thumbs up. It, it sounds like we're ripping on it more than it, it's just, I I'm with you. I probably wouldn't have these many comments if I didn't think there was potential that they just sort of missed in the execution of, uh, of the film. It was a clever idea. It had some, some good moments. I like the short nature. I like the tension they built. I like the cast they assembled. I'm okay. If you don't want to explain what's happening up to a point. So I don't know if you have any other. Um, well, we'll move on from there to Origin, which uh, comes from Ava DuVernay. It's a biopic based on the true story of Isabel Wilkinson, who is a writer and an author and was in the process of writing her original book, Cast, um, when some personal tragedies kind of befell her. And uh, in this film, we kind of see the, both those personal tragedies and an interesting take on the research that she does that creates this book. Um, this one got a limited release at the end of December, went wide this weekend uh, for most. Um, one of those movies that we're finally playing catch up with. If uh, ISS had uh, potential and left you with questions, this one uh, for me was more like an emotional hammer. And I will just say I'm giving it a strong thumbs up. Um, this is a movie I actually saw in December on a screener and uh, I hadn't heard much about it. And I was like, well, you know, I need to get this one in. And my wife came home and found me crying in the dark. So uh, it's kind of that um, that emotional hammer of a movie. And apparently it's a movie that's now gaining some traction. It had just really late release and there are some people that think it could end up being a surprise like ninth or tenth selection in the best picture field when those get announced on tuesday i really liked it um you know i toyed at times with whether it was going to make my kind of year and list it's a movie that i've probably felt more strongly about the more that i've sat with it eric you have not had four or five weeks to uh, to sit with it but how did this one hit you There are some movies that I dread going to see because of assuming that they are going to fall flat uh, entertainment-wise. And there are some movies that I dread going to see because I know the emotional toll that it's going to take. And I was not wrong. I did not dread watching this, though. It broke my brain. And I, I, I feel like a subtitle for this movie could be Racism is Not the Whole Truth. And I love stories that tackle issues and then present a path forward. Like trying to define and raise awareness of, of tragedy and harm and, and put a spotlight on a problem has its own purpose and an own reason. But this is a step beyond that. This is the story of an individual person creating a theory and the very personal, very individualized story of the development of that theory. And the pervasive idea is that there are individuals in this world and there are groups in this world. And the way that we look at other people and ourselves and either put ourselves in groups or put other people in groups and then what we choose to do in terms of developing caste systems 
and enacting racism and then all of these different aspects of living as humans. Um, it, I have so many different directions that I want to go with this. I, I, I can't like it. Well, there's a, there's a group from me of films too, that, that are about, um, journalism and storytelling that this falls into that I really enjoyed. I liked Anjane Ellis Taylor, who uh, plays Isabel uh, Wilkinson. Um, John Bernthal, who plays her husband in this movie was great. Um, very different part kind of for Niecy Nash too. Um, really enjoyed her. She plays Isabel's cousin who kind of helps to encourage her and be a sounding board and support for her after Isabel Wilkinson basically lost her husband and her mother in a very short period of time and was kind of left emotionally bereft as you would be from these major losses in your life and you see that but i also like the way um this plays out in her exploring her research as well um that you get some reenactments um because basically what what wilkinson did she looked at uh the history of kind of racism in the south and you get some reenactments and some people playing historical figures there what happened in Nazi Germany and the caste system in India to write this book. And I don't know about you, but this has just made me want to go out and get this book and dive yep. a little deeper. Um, you know, I, I read one review that said, you know, this could easily have been made a documentary about the research and about the woman yep. and it would have been compelling. But the fact that they, that Ava DuVernay, who we've seen do some, She's done some incredible documentaries. I love the 13th, which she did for Netflix, which was about the 13th Amendment. You know, mm. we've seen her do Selma. We've seen her do um, some of these films. She instead adapts it into this biopic that has some, you know, elements of what you would have got in a journey of discovery in a documentary and fuses it together. And to me, it was just a richly emotional journey. Makes you think a lot. Um, but it was the, that personal connection to Isabel and to her life and to her, her loss and to her moving forward. And, you know, you see kind of the, uh, the death of Trayvon Martin that first gets her thinking about, you know, this larger issue and what she might learn from it. And I just, I found it to be a, a beautiful journey. I saw this, you know, right before Christmas. Uh, and I just really enjoyed it. it uh, like I said, it's been on, it's been, I think I saw December 20th. It's been exactly a month now and it has just mm -hmm. stuck with me and the deep um, emotions. And I'm excited that more people are finally getting to discover it. We, you know, we got to tout uh, another movie that I felt that way about last week with, you know, American fiction and mm -hmm. seeing some of these movies that, that we got to see that got limited release, finding a wider audience. And I hope people just are able to, to dive in and to embrace these stories. There's one scene in particular uh, where Nick Offerman cameos uh, as a man who is just trying to help her fix her mother's house. There's a leak in the basement or in some room. And uh, the person at first is very dismissive and is wearing a make America great again hat. And I feel like it is the entire like crux of the theory in the movie that when you see that hat on this person, you you a box fills in your head of who this person must be. 
But the individual, Isabella Wilkerson, looks at this person and decides, if they are the type of person that puts me in a box for the way I look, I'm not going to be the person that puts them in the box for the way they look. And she asks him who he is personally. She asks him about his parents. And that personal connection does something very simple. And it just makes him not dismiss her as a client and take another look at trying to help her situation. And I think that is everything. Just that notion of like, everything we try and like brand ourselves with and believe and think and whatnot, like what we can do with that is very powerful, but also it is very important. We don't lose track of who we are as individuals and what, how we connect with one another. And it got me thinking so much about celebrity culture and art and, and where we draw the lines between like, like, you know, before origin and I SS, I had to watch the, flipping Nicole Kidman AMC logo intro like both times and before watching origin I was like oh aren't they getting that? rid of that you should start savoring that Nicole Kidman ad. okay so here's the thing I realized I, I have no idea as a celebrity who Nicole Kidman as as a person the celebrities that I like are people uh like uh Heath Ledger Ethan Hawke uh over time uh, like Matthew McConaughey different people the people who open up about being humans who are trapped in the celebrity system and you get to know who they are personally are the people that I tend to like. And the people who live up to a brand and you only see them for the brand they're sold for are the people who feel disingenuous and get like this reactionary kind of thing. I It's, it's so weird to just look at everything and think, well, this is where I dehumanize someone and this is where I see them as a human. And and to think about the way I look at the world and the way other people look at each other, like I, I, I'm pretty sure this is going to color the way that I think about things that happen at least this entire year. Like I, I, this is a hard two thumbs up for me. So, yeah. Well, and just the way they put a personal story in each of the, um, you know, I know I there were some people I've seen who didn't, uh, really enjoy the, um, you know, the little sub stories that they were telling the reenactments, but I thought that was kind of a brilliant way of putting like a human face on it. And some of those were very surprising. Like the, the German story, Finn Whitrock and Victoria Pedretti are two very recognizable actors and they are never once allowed to give dialogue in English in the, and it's just, like completely surprising, but you're totally sucked in and bought into the, the emotions of that and her research in India when she's meeting and talking to these people and learning about the caste system. I, I mean, I was I was both deeply emotionally moved because you have these very emotional stories and the story and, and the, some of the flashbacks that you get of her and John Bernthal are very emotionally rich her scenes with Nisi Nash especially toward the latter part of the movie like when she's talking to her on the phone mm-hmm. um are just incredible gut punches and at the same time all of the reasons to cry completely pulled in and fascinated by the research and the discovery and the idea and what it says about our world. And it's just really well done. And I think if it does make it into that best picture field, it will only mean more people will get to see it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just, I, I kind of wish they had had a better marketing campaign for this 
Yeah. Um, like I've seen a, even a bigger marketing push for American fiction, a movie that I thought was criminally underrated for a while, but this, it just hasn't gotten, you know, I just don't see a lot of people talking about it. It's not even, even though it went wide on yeah. Friday, it's not everywhere. Like it's not yeah. in all the theaters here and Colorado Springs is a fairly decent sized marketplace. So I hope people get a chance to see it and to appreciate it. And, you know, I'm, I can't wait to go and check out her book as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you have any other thoughts about this one. So many, like you're hitting a lot of the good things that I'm kind of skipping over, which is like what it actually felt watching the movie and the characters and the actors in the movie and like the, the meat of it. That was so like, like, I feel like you got to know the characters that they focused on so well that when they showed characters that were faceless and nameless, you're mm -hmm. I'm wondering who they are personally and trying to feel for them anyways. It's like an empathy machine. It was amazing. So. Yeah. I, I don't know if we're going to get that next week when the big wide release is Miller's girl, which has gotten decidedly mixed reviews, but we will be back talking about that next week and we will probably give some of our Oscar reactions they come out live on Tuesday. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm incredibly curious to see what this year's uh, field is going to be and what some of the surprise films that pop in. You know, I think international feature, animated film, documentary, and best picture could all have some just a wide yeah. variety of things. There are probably going to be some films that you and I love that don't make it in. So. Mm -hmm. It's going to be uh, interesting, depressing, exciting to see uh, how that plays out. But until we'll then, talk about it a little bit next time. That's what I said. Yeah, it was since uh, we'll we'll have our Oscar reactions along with mm -hmm. uh, along Miller's with Girl. Uh, Miller's Girl, which I've been eschewing trailers, but certainly looks like it's telling you it's some kind of a romance between Martin Freeman and Jenna Ortega. And I, I have thoughts. Mm. I guess we'll see how it plays out. Either way, it's only 93 minutes. Awesome. <laughs> Starting off on a good note. Uh, there are some big releases, too, that will be coming in February. So that will be uh, fun to look out for, too. Excited about uh, what we're getting this year. It's, you know, it's January. Sometimes you get some some dreadful new releases. You missed out on on Night Swim, which made Mathrigan look like an which Academy I, Award winning film. Yeah, I think that's why I've given more two thumbs up this year. I think you have been like broken a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I know you you're you're I certainly was I, I finished Monarch, so Wyatt Russell kind of redeemed himself for me. So. Oh nice. So and you know I can't March, you know, that end of March, we get Ghostbusters and Godzilla X Kong in the same day. Yeah, again, the, the most mid weekend of the year is my prediction. Like, that is going to be the most heavily thumbs neutral. Like, look, I'm just saying, like, the real life uh, advertisement that Ghostbusters Frozen Empire provided last week by freezing most of the country into a hard freeze with the polar nah. is not necessary. <laughs> Gorilla marketing. And with that, uh, we will bid you a fond farewell. And uh, until then, we'll see you at the movies. Go Buffalo Bills. <laughs> <laughs>